Hi, my name is Anne McElhenney. And I'm Phelan McAleer, and welcome to the Anne and Phelan Scoop. Where we discuss the latest news, views, madness of the pandemic. Um, and today is Tuesday, April the 27th. Is, we are in week six of the lockdown, which Here, is... Here, our particular lockdown. Our particular lockdown. We're not week- to be California-centric, but why not? But why not? We're in week six, which, by the way, I think puts us, you know, as lockdowns go, I think we're quite, we're there. We had the first mover advantage in the lockdowns. There you go. So this is kind of week six. I'm describing this as the week of the gardening, of acquiring a sourdough starter, of wearing a hat, because obviously we've got some problems with the roots. And I think people are getting to the zoomed out, a zoomed out, talked out stage. I've talked to a lot of people who have talked a lot on the phone and I've talked a lot on the phone ourselves. So we're a bit zoomed out, a bit talked out. Um, but there's a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel, feeling slightly, or am I being a little premature on a, that? Or is it a train? And, and today's headlines in the New York Times really sums it up. I just get an email every morning from the New York Times and really Ram Emanuel's mantra, never let a crisis go to waste. And here in LA with People so dependent on food delivery drivers showing up to work every day and food delivery companies showing up for work. What does the city of LA want to do? They want to discourage workers and companies from showing up to work. So let's, we'll, we'll talk more about that. Governor Cuomo has regrets about the speed of his response. So some regret Rian. Oh, oh, some regret Rian. Yeah. Yeah, we're, yeah for, that's fine, Phelan. Thanks for that. Um, at, and least then, I, at least I didn't try and sing it. No. Um, and we have news from the world of entertainment. What happened to the Universal's Trolls, Trolls World Tour release? We'll hear about that. Yes. And imagine being stuck. You know, people can imagine being stuck certain places. We already had a story, actually, in the Daily Virus. Remember the couple that were stuck on, on, the, on the exotic island? Do you yes. remember that on their honeymoon? Well, we have another s- story of a group stuck... Um, I think this belongs to the category of couldn't happen to a bunch, nicer bunch of people. So they're stuck in uh, Panama getting an education that they thought that they, they were. really thought they went for and that maybe they won't yeah. be so happy that they were getting and, so much of it right now. And misery piling upon misery. Just wait until you hear what the Obamas have planned for to relieve us of our misery. During the pandemic. And it's so bad, I think it'll be a major uh, motivating factor for putting people in the streets demanding an end to the lockdown. Yes. Uh, New York Times, We get I get an email every morning the New York Times headlines and I read them all so that you don't have to. So they're the f- top two headlines today in this email is US governors move ahead with reopening despite health worries. You know, in other words, you know, they're really angry that governors are reopening the economy. Uh, and then the, the other headline I really like, job or health, restarting the economy threatens to worsen economic inequality. This is what's going to come next is that they're going to use this crisis to try and reshape the economy. Uh, to make it fair, there'll uh, be reparations for yes, because be rep- obviously because they've all said that the that the this virus it's discriminating actually. Yes. But, but but you know so the, the the virus is discriminating, and they're going to somehow transfer that into say the economy, capitalism discriminates. Of course, capitalism is the most moral, uh, equitable equitable way of running a country and running an economy that that exists. It's all about uh, you know pleasing people. It's all about making things better for people. It's a competitive world where you want the consumer and the, and the individual to, to and your workers to be focused on providing the best thing possible and and it's a meritocracy so yeah. they want to rest, you know they, they they want they they're saying that the economy threatens to work worsen economic inequality and of course 
that the, 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 those uh, leftists will tell you how to reduce in income inequality. And it's all about taking money from the so-called rich, which is, really means you and me, and giving to others. Uh, Redistributing. Which, which is their friends. So then LA, you know, just, you know, they're going to they're gonna just try and, so they're going to try and destroy the food delivery business in the middle of a pandemic. Can you believe that? Unbelievable. So the yeah, the one, then, yeah, the one thing that has been saving restaurants, right, is that yes. they have been able to do food deliveries. Yes, LA looks to help, rest, help restaurants by capping food delivery service fees at 15%. And, you know, there's a, so a city councilman, Mitchell Farrell, he wants to bring in a law that's, that they could charge no more than 15% of the purchase price per order in fees. Um, we want to do all we can to help improve restaurants' chances of survival. And the worst thing we could do is not lean in when we see cases that look a lot like price gouging. Right? We hear from our restaurants about this price gouging. It's just unconscionable. Mitch O'Farrell, price gouging is putting your price up after something happens, during an emergency. As he admits later on in the article, they're charging exactly the same that they did before the emergency as now. They have not put the price up. They're not price gouging, hmm. right? Stop lying. You're actually lying there. You're using the wrong, uh, you want, so, and 15% is obviously not enough. I mean, in fact, a lot of these food delivery services aren't making profits. There are startups that are trying to gain market share. So the 30% uh, or whatever they charge uh, is, is, is actually, a loss-making fee for them. Bringing it down to 15% means the company will not want to deliver. The delivery driver will not want to deliver because they'll be getting paid less because the company can't afford them. So nice way to destroy a, a, a service that we've all come to rely on mm -hmm. in the pandemic. And loved, by the way. And loved. Yeah, because yeah. families everywhere who are yeah. getting a little bit sick of the heavy rotation of the family's favourite meal. Yes. You know, it's like, please, can we have something else yes. occasionally? Yes. So... Governor Cuomo of New York, the, the great hero of the of the pandemic, uh, um, and I suppose, and and I think Joe Biden is probably regretting that he said, I, "I'm going to have a woman." Um, did he say a woman of color or a woman? No, he just said a woman. A woman. Oh yeah, yes. a woman. No, uh, Stacey his, Abrams now would love if he had said a woman of color yeah, because uh, she and obviously. So would Kamala. And so would Kamala. Joe Biden said he's going to have a woman as VP. Everyone wants it to be. And Cuomo. so would Elizabeth Warren, by the way. Yes, Don't forget another woman of color. That's true. Uh, namaste, and. So Governor Alan Cuomo said in an interview broadcast Monday on HBO, Axios and HBO, that he wishes he'd blown the bugle earlier. Blown the bugle. Look at earlier. him with the blowing the bugle. The militaristic uh, uh, metaphors. And, you know, where was everyone, he asked? Maybe the United States was waiting for the World Health Organization or the World Health Organization was waiting for the National Institutes of Health or somebody was waiting for the UN. I don't know. But I wish someone stood up and blew the bugle. And if no one was going to blow the bugle... I would feel much better. I was a bugle blower last December and January. Uh, and I would feel better sitting here today saying, I blew the bugle about Wuhan province well, you wouldn't have. in January. Now, that's I but he says, I can't say that. Yeah, you can't say that. He didn't. Um, and you wouldn't have because the World Health Organization told you not to. They said it was fine. I mean, however, Cuomo, the great hero, he, on... on he told New Yorkers in early March that there was little to worry about. Uh, quote, we don't think it's going to be as bad as it was in other countries. Uh, on March the 2nd. On New March York the is, 2nd. New York is the 
epicenter. Epicenter of the pandemic. I mean, it's unbelievable. A quarter of all the United States cases are in New York. I have a question, Phelan. Yes. I think it's kind of odd. Can you explain this to me, Phelan? How he didn't speak really early. And in fact, in March was saying, I don't think it's going to be too bad. But all the media spend all their time talking about Trump being optimistic and being overly optimistic about about the virus early on. Is that fair? That seems really weird. It's just one of those eternal mysteries. It's just one of those eternal mysteries. How? I don't know what the difference could be. They're kind of, you know, they're both New Yorkers, right? Yes. Um, Cuomo they're and both Trump. men of a certain age. Would, you know, would, there be, would there be anything between... I'm trying to think of there's something particularly different about them that would make the Cause, media cause treat Trump, them differently. Because Trump brought in a, a oh, travel ban. Trump brought in a travel ban on January the 31st. 31st. Uh, and Cuomo on March the 2nd was saying, don't no, worry about nothing this. Nothing to worry about here. But, but, Do you know what it is? Trump, one of them is Trump, blonde. One of them is blonde. Trump is the villain and, and Cuomo's the hero. Yes, one of them must be blonde because it would be nothing to do with their party affiliation. 100% not. Because the media would never treat people differently according to their no, absolutely party not. affiliation. So Trolls, the new movie. So this uh, is an interesting story from the Wall Street Journal, but it's, uh, uh, and there's a few stories kind of connected to this, but basically, so Trolls World Tour, you know, which was one of those big tentpole kind of films that was gonna be coming out for Universal. But here's what's happened that's very interesting. In the three weeks of the digital release of Trolls, which is a sequel, by the way, it has made more money for Universal Pictures than the original Trolls did during five months in theaters. It's mm. pretty extraordinary stuff. So in the three weeks, it's made $100 million. And just to go through the numbers, it's very interesting this, by the way, because it tells you a little bit about movie distribution. The original Trolls made 153 million at the box office, which earned Universal 77 million. But this, but you know, the question of course is, what's gonna happen with DVD sales, etc. But I think, we, you know, and I think we've talked about this before in the Daily Virus, is this is the pandemic going to change entertainment forever are people going to be reluctant to go back into movie theaters are people going to buy new 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 tvs and start watching more tvs at home because it's actually pretty good value if you had some people over and stuff but there's another story as well related to that today um forbes are are um are reporting that netflix netflix have just published their first quarter uh, results um and the first quarter global net subscriber additions so they had 15.8 new subscribers. This was the company itself had predicted that they were going to get 7 million. The Wall Street Journal thought they were going to have 8 million. Yeah. They're going to have 8 million new subscribers. So they so they doubled that. Basically, they doubled that to 15.8. No, the Wall Street 8. consensus, that's the Wall, yes. Yeah. But basically, uh, sorry, the Wall Street consensus, exactly. But 15.8 million new subscribers. You know, now, by the way, Forbes are actually cautioning with this and saying, you know, will they stay? Will they stay? Will they stay after the pandemic? They might be just there for two months. Because you the know. one thing you do hear a lot of people saying, you know, people are all, people are desperate for, have you anything good to recommend? Yes. So, and as Netflix, as the as the months go on, Netflix is, are, is going to lose a lot of the library, uh, you know, friends. That's They're going right. to use the office because Universal is bringing out its own 
uh, streaming service called the Peacock. They're going to take the office off. So a lot of the, the, the old reliables that people go to Netflix for are going to disappear. Netflix is going to have to survive on its production, on what it's producing. And what it's acquiring. And it's, what it's acquiring. And is there enough there? So that, this is, this, it'll be interesting to see well, how it's many... It's interesting one to see. And it'll be interesting to see if patterns of behaviour with entertainment change. And then we have a great story from our friends in London, lockdownskeptics.org. Um, really great story. And tomorrow, by the way, on the AP Scoop, you'll be able to hear um, the, the curator of Lockdown Lockdowns. Skeptics and the creator of Lockdown Skeptics, uh, uh, Toby Young. Toby Young talking about yes. talking about that, but, so, but so, he has a great story. Yes. So he has a great story. So if you think you got a bad review of lockdown, spare a thought for those trapped at the Tribal Gathering Festival in Panama. Uh, midway through the festival, which, I mean, can you believe this, which was supposed to be an opportunity, and this is uh, for Westerners, to learn from local indigenous people how to rebalance their lives. But then Panama went into lockdown during the middle of it, making it virtually impossible for anyone to leave. As one reader writes, imagine being <laughs> locked down indefinitely with this bunch of self-indulgent, woke, middle-class, right-on wasters. Hell on earth. And there are still 40 people trapped on the site. Uh, to get a real sense of how awful this place is, I actually went on the site of the tribal, we'll see what it's called again, the Tribal Gathering Festival. And here's the kind of language, just to imagine yourself trapped in this place. This is the kind of language that is used on the site of, of the Tribal uh, Festival. Climate crisis and pollution endanger indigenous communities worldwide, even though indigenous people contribute the least. Societies forged from the Industrial Revolution have grown rich have grown rich at the expense of the planet. Their actions have put indigenous communities at risk due to pollution, climate crisis, and the theft of their land. Hmm. Now imagine for a moment these guys, these woke people who have stolen the indigenous lands, are now trapped with the people that they stole from. But, they, but, but they're sorry. No, but they're sorry. But you know, uh, you know, a few weeks pass. And, you know, the other thing that the site goes on to say is that, you know, that the indigenous people have lived symbiotically with the land for so many, for thousands of years. Mm. And we could all learn so much from them. Well, this group of 30 are going to have a wonderful opportunity to bond together with the indigenous people and learn. Yeah. I mean, really learn a lot. Well, um, as I remember someone who visited the rainforest uh, and they said all these actors and all these celebrities and everyone. If you if, if you had spent if you spend more than a week in the rainforest more than a few days in the rainforest you do not want to live there. You do not. It is humid, sultry, full of bugs, mosquitoes, deadly, dangerous. There's no shops. There's nothing. You know. There's no. Oh, and by no, the way, and just by the way, and a really low life expectancy, yeah. which you begin to not really no like hospitals, very quick, quickly. No. Oh yeah, good luck trying to get to the hospital uh, if you think so you've got a tickly cough. They there, would. These you know? people would not survive a a week. In the rainforest. So basically, I kind of think it's actually for me, by the way, it's like a great idea for a comedy movie. I think this could be a scripted piece, by the way. Maybe Salem and I could do it. But because I'm just thinking, which way does it go? Does it all become very symbiotic, all very harmonious, or does it go full Lord of the Flies? Yes. And I think obviously we'd be thinking that it might go a little Lord of the Flies very yes. quickly. So and finishing up with finishing up. Oh, well, Salem. we're going to talk a lot more detail about this uh, on the Alan on the scoop on the Alan film scoop, which will be released tomorrow but I just I, I just love it so much we just love it so much it's a great story so this is, apparently it's as if the poor people haven't suffered enough it's just been announced that there's a top secret Michelle Obama documentary to hit Netflix on May the 6th uh, so we, as I say we talk about it 
in more detail in the Anne film script to release tomorrow. But can uh, we just tease that a little bit? Yes. Uh, one one thing I want to say is it has the world's worst trailer, which we oh, won't, won't. We're not even going to show we it. We won't play it for it's, you. It's, it's so bad we're not even showing the yes, trailer. Yes. But you can look it up if you really want to impose that on yourself. But the Obamas. Uh, but here's the question we're putting to you. Yes. Here's the question we're putting to you. So the Obamas had this fabulous deal, this multi-year, multi-million, zillion dollar deal with Netflix to produce a whole raft of content, right? The first piece of content of theirs that was released was one uh, called The American Factory, which they had acquired at Sundance. They acquired it. They didn't They didn't it. produce it. They didn't make it. So here's the question, and we just put this to you. We're going to answer it, though, before the end of the show. But the question to put to you, close your eyes and imagine, just think really hard. Of all the subjects in the world worthy of a documentary, you know, famine, pestilence, leprosy. Gay famines. Gay famines. Gay um, leprosy. LGBT, LGBT orphans. Um, dyslexic orphans. Dyslexic orphans, Islamic phobic orphans, and all that stuff that really deserves and is worthy of a documentary. When you think of that, and of the Obamas, of course, who would be so aware yes. of the plight of humanity, of all of the subjects in all of the world that they could make a documentary about, what did they decide to do as the first documentary that they would produce and release? What was the first one? Oh, I know, Phelan. They made a documentary by themselves. About Michelle Obama promoting her book written by Michelle Obama. It's a documentary about Michelle Obama's book tour. Ah. Oh. Right. Well, listen, That's all we need to say. That's all we need to say. That's, these, that's who these people are. And a, they talk about Trump being a shameless self-promoter. Sure, he doesn't know the half of being... The, he's only, he's the, only ha in the halfway place. And he's only in the top and If you want to learn how to be a self-promoter, you need to go to the Obama School of Self-Promotion. Because they'd now be the experts on that. They'd we, be the we'll Nobel talk about Peace this. Prize. The Nobel Prize winners. There could be a Nobel Prize winning for self-promoting. We're moving on. Yes, we'll talk. We're going to do it in more detail. Tomorrow on The Scoop. Yeah, so... That's it for today's Daily Virus. Bye, and don't forget to leave uh, ratings on the Apple Podcast app and leave a comment. Thank you. Bye. Stay safe.